this is the time of day that we will be reflecting together on the Dhamma, where we are bringing both our mental qualities, our intuitional qualities, our heart qualities, in a way that, that considers using rather the usual intellectual uh, process of considering, but also this intuitive uh, Vipassana style of insight. And uh, we, each of these evenings, we will be in some way relating to these paramis. Just to repeat the list, and they are now, I believe, on your homepage. If they're not, if they're not they will be very soon. Uh, generosity, morality, renunciation, wisdom, energy, patience, truthfulness, resolve, loving kindness, equanimity. They all support one another, and it's not as though that there's a way to understand how the one that comes after the next one, the list supports it, but they all support each other, as you will see this evening. So it's not, it's not so much remembering them in order, but rather uh, opening to them in general. And for most of us, there's going to be one or two or maybe three that particularly resonate for us right now, maybe because it's strong in us or maybe because it's weak in us or maybe we just don't know. And so therefore our curiosity uh, comes stronger, comes to the forefront. All good, all good Dhamma. So uh, uh, paramis represent these these. Uh, these characters, this sense of character or the qualities of the mind-heart uh, that uh, Don referred to yesterday. I refer to character because if, if you are reflecting these in your life, people are going to say, boy, I really admire their character. And when you encounter someone, likewise, you will, you will admire their character. You can think of the Dalai Lama, you can think of Nelson Mandela. You can think of President Jimmy Carter. All leaders who um, in some way have demonstrated these paramis so much that they're set apart from their fellow leaders. They may not have accomplished everything that we wish they had accomplished, and so on and so forth. But nonetheless, who they are as people, we admire, at least in a general way. No one is perfect, and we're not denying the the, the uh, shadow side of each of these individuals, but in a general way, they carry for us something that we find admir admirable. As uh, Don said yesterday, yesterday afternoon, that, uh, that, that these qualities of mind-heart uh, empower a, a wise response to the truth of dukkha. They, in fact, allow us to live in relation to the inevitable existence of the unsatisfactoriness, the stress, the physical and mental pain, the, the uh, disorientation of everything always changing, the lack of a there there when we, <laughs> when we look closely. They allow us to live with the truth of dukkha, the first noble truth, in a manner that, that is empowering. So in one sense, 
the, the first noble truth, as I mentioned in one of the groups today, could be understood that all the four noble truths could be referred to as the four empowering truths, the four empowering noble truths, because as we as we meet them with uh, a refined character, with a mindful intention that has been worked, they become uh, all, all of these things become more and more empowering to us, including the truth that there is that there is this kind of disquiet to this realm of existence. It's a dual realm. It's always going to be disquiet in this realm. The Buddha had a bad back. He would oftentimes have to say to one, one of his colleagues, you teach this evening, I need to rest. It's the dukkha of this realm, of being embodied in this realm. So that is a background. We then think about uh, the uh, that what do we mean by this word perfections? Uh, I, I, from the first time I ever heard it, I was never comfortable with it as a word. And I spent, oh, I don't know, two or three years looking around for a word that I was comfortable with. And one word that I am comfortable with is cultivations, the 10 cultivations, because we can cultivate them. We can cultivate them. We can move in the direction of, we can aspire, we can value, we can investigate, practice. So they are cultivatable. So that is one way of understanding that that might be better than perfections for some of us, certainly for me. I've heard them referred to as achievements and you pair achievements and and uh, perfections, and I get very, very nervous and uncomfortable because how I actually refer to them in my own practice as attainments. These are possible attainments through practice. They are flowerings. They are blossoming. They are not something that we achieve. We can create conditions, that's our practice, but we don't achieve these. The achievement is an ego-referenced word. I am achieving this. You are achieving this. There are some things in practice that we can achieve. Like we can, we can achieve being able to be with our breath more. We can achieve a certain degree of mindfulness that our ego can take some credit for that. But when we're getting to this, uh, this mind-heart characteristics, uh, it's, it's beyond our pay level. <laughs> So this, this idea of creating the conditions where they're mysteriously uh, evolve, they, they suddenly appear at, at a, a particular one, you suddenly discover you've got this new capacity for, for patience, for generosity, you know, for loving kindness. Where did that come from? Whoa, I can actually... I, I can maintain a, a, a meta attitude towards difficult people that I never could have done before. Where did that come from? Can I really say, oh, I achieved that? I don't think so. So we, we, we are, uh, we're, we're, we're doing a wholesome, a wholesome cycle that repeats itself. It's, it's a wholesome practice cycle in that way. 
each of these are uh, nourished by all the others. And tonight you're going to see that in some detail because I'm going to take two of these paramis, these, these attainments, these cultivations, and show how that each of these two support each other and in some ways can best be understood and how they do that, that it makes it, gets, it makes it more real to us exactly what we mean. And these two are the sixth and the eighth of the paramis, which uh, we referred to yesterday as forbearance and resolve or determination. So those are kind of the classic English translations. The flowering of these, how they are felt in our lives as benefit or beneficial, is calling them patience and persistence. And I tend to skip directly to patience and persistence because that is the rubber meeting the road. This is where like, oh, I know forbearance, eh, yeah, but patience, yeah, I know what patience means in my life. And so patience and then persistence, we will, we will uh, look at uh, particularly closely. But this, this ability to persist, to keep going, to not give up, to not be defeated, and with patience, to be able to be patient with the difficulties. Again, we'll have a lot of examples of that. Uh, the, the Pali word for patience is kanti, and uh, you will sometimes, uh, K-H-A-N-T-I, and uh, you will sometimes hear it uh, referenced as kanti panya, which means patient wisdom, or wisdom of patience. All these different ways you can understand that. Persistence or resolve means, is, is the Pali word is aditana. And it, again, it, you can have aditana uh, panya. You can have the wisdom of persistence. So we just know to persist. We're not getting anywhere, but we persist anyway. We can't be with the breath for three breaths. Our mind is jumping around. We're tuning out constantly. We're patient with ourselves, and we persist. Is this fun practice? No. <laughs> no. But does that make it less powerful? Absolutely not. One could argue that that is the most powerful. It's when it's really difficult, and it requires our cultivating patience and persistence. That can be a little comforting thought. It won't, you, can, you can remind yourself of that, but it's still going to be unpleasant when, there's, you know, when the mind is just jumping constantly and you, you can't stay present. But that, it's okay. It's, it's like this. This phrase, which I learned from uh, the Venerable Sumedho, Ajahn Sumedho, my, uh, my teacher of 20 years now, uh, it's like this implies a deep acceptance. Deep acceptance is then, uh, uh, from deep acceptance, but through this cultivation of patience and persistence, we're able to go on. It's not going all that well, but this is our values. So we're going on. So what? We're going on. Therefore, we become less dependent on results. In a shorthand way, I say that we move from uh, practicing resulting to practicing practice. If you get that, nod your head, please. We're practicing practice. 
We're practicing practice. We're not practicing results. We learn whether or not something seems to have been a skillful means of practice. That's discernment. But, and that's the use of the results from our point of view of practice. But the, the results really take care of themselves if we will allow it. Therefore, we, it said, allow the Dharma to do us. And to allow the Dharma to do us, it requires patience and persistence. As those of you who practice for quite a bit, as some of you have, you, you already know that. Those of you who are just getting started, you're going to discover that. And you're going to watch yourself start to make conclusions about yourself, most of which are very erroneous. So skip that stage. Oh, uh, disgruntled mind. Mm, time to cultivate patience and persistence. So the patience is not some passive waiting for things to get better. There is a waiting involved, but it's not passive. It's a very active, it's a live, organic, responsive mind state, quality of mind. It means that we're, we're willing to live with what is arising in this moment. We are accepting the moment as it is. And if we aren't patient, we, we jump ahead. We jump away from the moment. So we learn uh, in the Satipatthana, the Four Foundations of Mindfulness, that we, we learn all the different ways that we, that it's, that we need to establish uh, being able to be present. And it takes patience to, to, to learn this, patience and persistence. But patience right now is what I'm referring to when, it's when we're having to be patient with ourselves. We are patient with the dukkha of life. Well, this is the way it is. It's like this. Knee pain's like this. Uh, uh, having our society totally in an uproar is like this. <sighs> to be patient with that. But it is, and we're all practicing, whether we're conscious of it or not, of being patient with our culture being in an uproar. And it's patient to be patient with all the physical and emotional pain that comes from staying with the difficulty. We have physical pain, we have emotional pain in our sitting and in daily life, and we're patient with it. We're patient. And then three, that we, we consciously uh, bear and hear this consciously, meaning mindfully, but a little more than just mindfully. Conscious meaning that that there is uh, there is a choice involved. That we there's an aspiration. This first of the eightfold path. Uh, we consciously bear the despair and confusion that is part of freeing our mind hearts. There's no going around the despair and the confusion that will arise. The only way out is through, and it requires patience and persistence in our practice on the cushion and as we move in relation to daily life. All of those things we care about. Say again that, that it is not passive, it is actively, it is chosen consciously and carried consciously. As you learn to do this, you are going to start to find an evolving empowerment in your life. Said so another way, we're willing to mindfully endure. Uh, I was listening to um, these tapes from uh, the famous uh, 
monk, uh, the Christian monk Thomas Merton. And at one point he says to the other, uh, the, these young monastics, do not depend on results for your happiness. <laughs> and I thought that was extraordinarily good advice. <laughs> so that's patience. Equally important is determination. This resolve, I'm resolved. I am determined. I will persist. I will cultivate Resolve, my, I will understand my resolve. I will know resolve so deeply. I will have such clarity about, about the values on which I am making this particular resolve that it allows me to persist in my sure defeat. That's powerful. That's, that is character building. So it is this capacity to continue to get up when you're knocked down, uh, to uh, uh, the capacity to go on alone, uh, to go without external support, a willingness to start over, to start over. This uh, I first learned that concept from that teaching from Sharon Salzberg 35 years ago or something like that. But it's equally important to something that I discovered for myself is the, the willingness to start over. And persistence brings that. So you're, you've, you've said, okay, I'm going to be with my breath to sit. And away, away, away. Start over. Start over. Start over. So, oh, it's because I'm sleepy. Well, I shouldn't practice right now. Maybe I should just turn off my video and, and lie down and, and sleep. Nothing wrong with lying down and practice, but I'm not saying anything about the lying down part. I just, this, that was to describe the sleeping. So um, um, uh, the, it is, it is the, this resolve that, that says, no, I'll just go on. I'll start where I am. This, my sleepy mind will practice. My restless mind will practice. My troubled mind will practice. We start where we are. We do not need favorable conditions to have effective practice. Favorable conditions make more pleasant practice we appreciate that. And when they're available, by all means, <laughs> accept them. Don't go looking for trouble. But if there's discomfort present in any form, we start where we are. If you start where you are, you're willing to start over, and you're always, uh, you're, you're always uh, connected to that, what stops you? Do you see how powerful that is? Because you're no longer resulting. We get discouraged because we don't get what we want. But if we're practicing because it's our values, that, we, that being present in the moment to, have, to have, be mindful to the degree and to have clarity of values to the degree that I can choose non-suffering over suffering, that is a worthy way to meet the moment, no matter how the moment's going. It's worthy. It's, it's onward leading, the Buddha would say. And so that's with this, when we're cultivating these two, this is, this is, what, this is what we're moving towards into. I, I wanted to say uh, another couple of things about patience uh, to describe it just a little more because I short shifted a little, I think. It is this capacity 
of endurance. Patience is a willingness to be with failure. That's, it's the being, it's the acceptance of this moment. Persistence moves us on to the next moment, but patience is this moment. So patience is willing to be with failure. It's willing to start over. Persistence does the starting, but patience is there, okay. I'm not gonna collapse, I'm not gonna run away from this moment. And then that gives persistence, that kind of energy, the opportunity to move because you're you're staying present and therefore that value can come into deployment it's it's a willingness to be with what's unpleasant and unjust we're patient with it doesn't mean that we're not uh, uh, absolutely determined to work against the unjust but we're patient with this moment we're, we, we accept that the, the nature of this realm at this moment is like this. So therefore we, we can tolerate it. We don't go cynical. We don't, uh, we don't turn into, we, we don't try to uh, uh, cure hatred with hatred. The patience gives us that room to do that. And then persistence comes to that next moment, as I keep saying and will keep saying. So patience is not restless even with restlessness. So we can be very restless, but then we're patient with our being restless. Therefore, it doesn't control us. It doesn't control us. It is characterizing this moment, but it's not defining it. That's freedom. What's happening is what's happening. It's characterizing the moment, but it's our relationship to it. If we're reactive, we cling, we demand, we want otherwise, all of those uh, factors of the second noble truth, then we're defined. But if we're cultivating with the right attitude, we're not defined. It's simply characterizing this moment. And now it's characterizing it sucks, <laughs> but it just sucks. It's just unpleasant. It's just not fair. It's not a definition. It's not defining us. We're not put in that box. So in, in this um, uh, uh, this endurance is is not a long suffering kind of endurance. You may have had a parent or one of your siblings, or who knows, even you, and you certainly have had a boss at one point or another who's so long suffering. Oh, woe is me! Oh, I have to try so hard. I have to be so patient. Oh, woe is me! That's not what is meant by patience. That's an identity. <laughs> and that identity is rewarding itself and finding the opportunity in something that it, it may be difficult or maybe not even be that difficult. Oftentimes, that long suffering is a defense. So I'm very um, uh, compassionate in the face of someone who's long suffering, although they can be very tiring after a period of time. And if we ever get like that, if it's some of us do at times, we too can be tiring. Um, Get at my time here. So, seeing how these two work together, uh, again, it would be it, it would be this uh, 
this forbearance and resolve, or as I'm referring to it in terms of the flowering, the benefits, this patience and persistence. So how does patient, how does patience, this capacity to be patient, support our capacity of having determination? Patience actually protects the nervous system. When we go forth, we are, we are vulnerable. When we're, trying to, when we're trying to do something, our failure can make us vulnerable. The conditions under which we're practicing can make us vulnerable. We, we are susceptible to thinking, oh, this doesn't mean anything. You know, particularly in a time like now when there's so much chaos, so easily uh, to, uh, to lose our determination because it's just uh, time. So patience, ah, oh, this too, this too, this too, neither me nor mine, but this too. So it protects the nervous system in that way. You could be conscious of that or not conscious and still have your nervous system protected. Far better to be conscious, to be mindful of that, of that uh, capacity. Patience allows us not to get upset with ourselves when persistence is not yielding results. And so often, this is why it's so hard for us to learn new things, things that we're not good at, is we get upset with ourselves. We quit too soon. We start interpreting. We make a story. We create an identity. Patience says, no, just be with this. You don't have to make a story. Just be with this and try again, try again. I'm practicing practice. Patience allows you to tolerate uh, how hard the spiritual growth can be at times, or how slow it can be at times. We learn to love the plateau in our spiritual practice because there's long periods of time when there is no movement forward. We learn to love the plateau, therefore we learn to love practice, thus patience and persistence. There's, um, uh, uh, it can, patience can uh, relieve us in terms of our restlessness, as I mentioned earlier, it can also uh, uh, start to slowly affect our tendency towards expectations of ourselves or expe expectations of others. Very important that. Patience, uh, in my experience of it, is a humble, non-judging attitude. A lot of humility in it. So there's not this reification of what I expect. It, it, that, that what I expect just kind of starts to fall away, actually clear where I, what I'm aspiring to, but not what I expect. So patience can, uh, can be patient with uh, others and with the world outside ourselves. And yet we, not have learned, we have not yet learned to be patient with ourselves. Or likewise, we have learned to be patient with ourselves, but we're not patient with others. And in different situations, different aspects of your life, one or the other could be true. And that's where the curiosity, what uh, often called investigation in terms of the awakening factors, but I like this word curiosity because curiosity is softer and more uh, flexible than investigation for uh, many people. So we're, we're, we're curious about this. Oh, so in this aspect of my life, I have a lot of patience with me and others. But in this other aspect of my life, I have very little patience for others. But I'm pretty patient with myself in this area, or vice versa. You can see that for yourself. 
it's, uh, I suggest to people that it's fine to be patiently impatient. So you're impatient, but you know, okay, impatience is like this. Oh God, I hope this doesn't go on for six hours. <laughs> but if it's, you know, you're patient with it. This too now it's to be endured. Um, I, you know, I've, I'm spinning. Here I am in the eddy. So now I'm practicing being in the eddy. Be patient with that. I would, um, I would urge you to be more careful when you are when you are being impatiently patient. This is when we are when we are we've we say okay I'm practicing patience now, but then we're impatient with our the way we're doing our being patient. It's okay, but. Uh, uh, there's a, there's a lot of uh, demand. There's a lot of expectation, a lot of selfing sneaking in the side door there when we're being impatiently patient with, with, uh, I'm sorry, when we're being, yeah, when we're being impatiently patient. Um, likewise, determination supports patience. If, if, if we have, uh, if we have patience, but we have no persistence, we will never get there. There's times or in our life, looking back, we were like that, or maybe this is a big pattern in our lives, or we know others who are like that. They're very patient. They don't like get up down on themselves. They don't rah, 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 but they actually don't ever move on. They don't, they can't get over the hump. They can't, they can't, persist long enough to, for something to change. So thus we need the two together. We need, we're cultivating both by learning to recognize them, seeing the admiring characteristics and so forth. So persistence will actually allow us to develop more patience. If we've got a, a lot of persistence, we get back up when we're defeated. Uh, the last sit was not good. We get back up. When the next sit, we sit down, totally committed to our practice. That allows, creates a condition where we're around long enough for patients to start to emerge and be a better partner to, to persistence in that area. Because sometimes you can have a lot more persistence than you do patients. And, but if you, if you have a, the, if, 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 um, if you have all the persistence but no patience, as I said, it really starts to work on the nervous system. It takes so much energy when there's not this patience, when there's not an attitude that, that supports this starting again, starting again, starting where we are. So determination, determination without patience works against itself and, in uh, all these different ways in terms of distorting our perception of losing our balance and so forth. But likewise, if we don't have, if we don't have the patience, if, if, if we, if we don't have the determination the patience leads to this passivity, to this kind of uh, 
maybe holding the form, but not actually showing up. And, and uh, Upandita would talk about mindfulness rubs against the uh, chosen object, whether it's your anger object or something you're examining, uh, uh, pleasant and unpleasant or whatever it is, it, it, it rubs against that persistence as uh, rubbing against, but we have to be patient because nothing can be happening and so forth, as I've said. Uh, patience accepts what is and responds with kindness with kindness and that kindness that sympathetic uh, feeling of oh this is tough this is hard it allows us to tolerate all these emotions persistence keeps returning to the goal it holds steady to the intention it's it's creating the through line supported by patience I uh, I came from uh, a background in the media world, and um, uh, a, a, a lot of I was a little small entrepreneur in a big bad jungle, and a lot of people uh, uh, thought they could eat my lunch because I was small and they were big, and. Um, uh, the other conditions, but it proved to be a little harder to eat my lunch than first was perceived because I had already understood about patience and persistence and just continuing on through. So uh, one of the things that I will say to people is that fierce determination, fiercely determined can get you through a night of meditation where you stay up all night sitting or something like that. It can, it can win a battle in a war. It can win the tennis, a game in the tennis match. But patient persistence will win the championship. It will win the war. It will win hearts. So there's a role for fierce determination. But it's, it's, it's specific. It's occasioned by circumstances. Patient persistence is uh, always there. We're, we're always cultivating that, in my view. You may have worked with, or be married to, or divorced from, broken up with, a person who was, had a demanding impatience and again, this could be each of us in some aspect of our life or with just one person in our life, even though we're not ordinarily like that. This demanding impatience, in, in, in uh, they will say, you know, this is my persistence. This is my persistence. But to me, it is not genuine persistence. It represents a kind of bullying where you're being bullied, where there is a, there's a, a kind of... A, Manipulation. So I am not enamored of someone having a demanding impatience towards uh, me or anyone I care about. And um, uh, and another aspect of this is that we have uh, we can we can rationalize 
not being courageous and courageous, as you know, is going to be part of all of this, but we can, we can notice that our persistence sometimes lacks courage and therefore we cultivate courage. Each of these cultivating all the others. Um, then uh, here towards the end, I would like to, um, uh, I'd like to take this uh, a little larger. We develop these two qualities of mind, these two character traits um, by uh, being mindful of them, by seeing if they're present or absent in any given moment. It's very interesting. You can take just one little aspect of your practice and say, oh, so, okay, I'm going to see if I'm being patient or not patient in this. Oh, when this thing arises, am I, am I persistent or not? What tends to happen? So we're investigating in real time as, as, as they're either unfolding or absent. We can also have, look at how we relate to each what our story is. Oh, I'm just an impatient person. I can't be patient. Or at least in this aspect of my life, that's a story. That's a narrative. It's not necessarily a, a fact. It's not a truth. It's not, a, it's not a, something that's uh, fixed in place. It's susceptible to change. So we observe how we're relating to them. And then we can reflect on their desirability. I go, go through all this with you to really bring alive to you for your consideration, not to convince you. It's always a posico, come see for yourself through wise attention. So we can, we can reflect on the desirableness of these characteristics and these, 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 these two paramis, these two uh, qualities, and we investigate them. Well, what did that really mean to me? But I define it the way he's defining it. How would I define it? It's, that's a reflective meditation that can be part of our practice. And then we can state it to ourselves that we are really going to develop each of these paramis. We can state, we can take the, any two together, theoretically, I guess, three together, but beyond that, gets real, the mind doesn't do well beyond three. Uh, by taking two together or just taking one and saying, I'm really going to, I'm really committing to develop this. I'm going to use this retreat to know this better and I'm, I'm going to stick with this. We can also be uh, practicing non-judging of ourselves. Say this is one more opportunity for me to practice non-judging because judging is such an enemy to patience and persistence and all the other paramis as is comparing mine. We can be amused at ourselves. Uh, humor and amusement at ourselves is way underutilized in practice. Um, I once was leaving a month-long retreat, and uh, we, everybody that was staying was it's still in silence. But these people came up to me, breaking the rule of silence. And, uh, and uh, these two different people wanted to thank me. And I was going, first of all, I was so shocked at the silence being broken. But what they wanted to thank me for was laughing. Because if something funny happened, I laughed. And sometimes I'd kind of be chuckling at my own practice because this was a very demanding practice. I mean, like, so specific. And, 
it was just funny, you know, at times to me. And so, so uh, don't be afraid. You don't want to be disruptive with your with your amusement. You can be very uh, quietly amused, but amusement is uh, it, it's useful. It's really useful. There's all of this new research now uh, 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 where there are people who are specialists in uh, studying humor in terms of healing. It's kind of a new forefront here. And then uh, uh, we can have great compassion for ourselves. You, compassion. Compassion is not indulgence. Compassion is going, this is hard, and I'm really sincere, and it's hard. And it's, it's, I'm not doing so well right now. And it's hard, but I care about this. And I am showing up. I'm showing up as best I am able. The last thing I would say, if you step out of your practice, patience and persistence are just as valuable in every other aspect of your life of getting things done, of getting things your way, of, of directing a group, of holding a value in the world, whether it's social justice or, or, or uh, uh, something to do with the, the, uh, the, all the many ways we're failing our children right now. It's, it is an, uh, said another way, and this is not usually used. This is, I'm going to use a word that we don't use that much in Buddhism. It has to do with power. It is a will to power. There is within us uh, this natural seeking of agency. I teach this to the teachers in the teacher training about, uh, the, about agency, of, of the desirableness of agency. But agency has the shadow side of this will to power. We don't want to just have power to affect. We want power over. And we can get lost in that. And uh, so we, we, it's, it's worth knowing that, that, that you are empowering yourself in your life through your mindful practice, through your Vipassana insights, through your, your, through your uh, samadhi practice, the samatha. You are empowering yourself through the cultivation of these paramis. You, you are empowering yourself. With power comes responsibility. And so just to know that. Uh, and also it brings its own new decisions. A, a number of years ago, a student said to me, uh, um, you know, Philip, I have really grown in these years of practice. And you know how injured I was when I started because I've been their teacher all along. And I've decided I'm dropping my practice. I want to go totally into the world. I've, I never went for it before. I kind of got defeated. And it's always bugged me. It's always riled me up. And I just feel like I can't hold these, these values the way, you know, you teachers ask me to hold them and really do what I want to do in the world. It was a wholesome thing the person wanted to do in the world, but they wanted to be, you know, gung-ho 24-7. And I said, that's a fine choice. Just hold clear to your values. So they left. They've never come back as far as I know. They had found their agency, they had found their power and their ego was incomplete in some way of expressing it. So that was what they needed to work out. I had no judgment about that. I had no comparison, no expectation. My only concern was that they stay clear in terms of their values. But this is the, if, if, as you start to cultivate this kind of material, 
you do become more you become more powerful. The person that's most mindful will get their way in the end in a meeting if, if all other things are equal because they'll be more mindful of how to influence everybody. And I, I bring this up as a, a kind of uh, both an enticement in terms of the empowerment, but as a warning in relation to as we grow, we have to be responsible for what we grow into. So resolve and forbearance. Resolve and forbearance. Forbearance and resolve. May we know them better. May they blossom in our lives in appropriate ways. May we be curious about them and treat them with respect and understand that how they're employed makes all the difference. How they're employed makes all the difference. So let's sit for a moment. Notice what's going on in the mind, the thinking mind, brain activity. Notice what's going on in the waves of emotion from the emotional body. Notice if any intuition has arisen Something like, huh, ah, what is that exactly? In, any kind of intuition. Notice the heart quality. From this heart quality, ask yourself for just a moment, what is my aspiration in relation to patience and persistence, forbearance and resolve? Is there an aspiration? Or is there an inquiry to be had that you wish to do later? In what way does my lack of being able to uh, have forbearance, to be patient, limit me? In what way am I limiting myself by not cultivating this capacity of resolve, of persistence? Just, just being available. And the same each day with all the paramis as we're doing today with these two. Mm
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.